Hello, I am Bob Bostock. You are listening to Discover DEP, the New Jersey Department of Environmental Protection's official podcast. Each week, we will provide you with timely information about how DEP protects and preserves New Jersey's air, water, land, and natural and historic resources. Please feel free to add this podcast to your iTunes or RSS feed. You can also follow DEP on the web at nj.gov DEP. Thanks for listening. Hi, this is Bob Bostock, and welcome to another edition of Discover DEP. You can subscribe to future editions through iTunes and Google Play. Today we're joined by Rosie Yu, a regional forester here at DEP, who's going to talk with us about the emerald ash borer, an invasive species that has been found in New Jersey, and we'll talk a little bit about why this insect has become a concern in our state. New Jersey has almost 25 million ash trees throughout the state. Most of them can be found in the northern part of New Jersey, and ash trees are commonly planted along streets. And the emerald ash borer has proved to be a real threat to our trees. Rosa, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Rosa, thank you. Tell me, what is an emerald ash borer, and why is it something that we should be concerned about? The emerald ash borer is a beetle. It is not native to the United States. And like its name suggests, it's an emerald green color, so pretty shiny. And it's fairly small, about half an inch long. How did it come to the United States? It was first detected in Michigan in 2002, and it was probably through international transportation of goods from Asia, just some infested wood products or tree products, and from there it had continued to spread. So it's native to Asia? Correct. And I presume over there it has natural predators that keep it in check from decimating or destroying the entire ash population in Asia. Correct. In its native range, it actually is not a threat to the trees. It impacts trees that are under stress already, so they don't attack healthy trees like they do here in North America. Interesting. How do you know if a tree has been infected by the emerald ash borer? Is there something you can look for that gives you a sign that there may be a problem? Yeah, so it's actually very difficult to detect when it's first infested because the insects are so small, but typically you'll start to see um, symptoms of dieback, especially in the top of the crown. Um, we're also finding that woodpeckers really like to eat the larva, so you'll see some increased woodpecker activity like the flecking off the bark. And also in response to emerald ash borer infestation, the tree will grow these water sprouts or epicormic branching near the base of the tree or along the trunk. Um, but those are all symptoms of a stressed tree, not necessarily emerald ash borer. Um, so once the beetle has reached high enough populations and you can maybe pull the bark off or take a closer look, you can see the S-shaped galleries they create underneath the bark or very small D-shaped exit holes. But again, those are difficult to detect. So how exactly does this insect attack a tree and why is it, what does it do to the tree that causes a threat? It's hard to imagine a tiny little bug being able to destroy a, a mighty ash. Correct. So the, the most devastating life stage of the emerald ash borer is the larva. So the adults actually do not pose harm to the tree itself. There's a little bit of leaf feeding before mating, but the larva is what causes the most damage. So the larva is feeding on the living tissue, the cambium layer that's directly under the bark, and essentially what it will do is girdle the tree from the inside. So the tree is then unable to get the uh, nutrients in the water from the ground up into the rest of the tree. Correct. When was the emerald ash borer first detected here in New Jersey? 
It was first detected in 2014, but that was when it was detected. We don't know when it was first introduced into the state, because like I said, it's difficult to detect, especially at low populations. So what are we doing here at the DEP and uh, in conjunction with other partners to try and contain this infestation of emerald ash borers? So we have been monitoring for emerald ash borer over the last few years to try to detect them as early as possible. But now that we have emerald ash borer, especially on our state land, such as state parks and forests and fish and wildlife properties, we've been trying to survey the ash trees, especially in the high-use areas, such as campsites adjacent to buildings or parking lots, and just trying to identify if there's any high-value ash that we want to save and try to assess if there's hazardous ash trees that are already in decline that should be removed uh, sooner than later. So one of the things we might do is if there are ash trees that are already not healthy is remove them before they become infected because that's what the, the ash borer is attracted to? Yes, the, the emerald ash borer will definitely attack a stressed ash tree before a healthy one and so definitely removing those ones that are already under stress will help to reduce the impacts in that area. Is there some sort of treatment that we can um, use on ash trees that would uh, kill the ash borer that tried to uh, invade the tree? Yes, so there are several pesticide options to protect your ash trees from emerald ash borer infestation. Um, you have to do this when the trees are still relatively healthy, so we generally say about 50% live crown because the pesticide works systemically, so it's taken up by the tree, and once that tissue is impacted by the larva, um, it can really impact the tree's ability to take it up. So you really want to treat as early as you can. Even if the tree is infested, it still can be treated and protected from further infestation, but you really want to pick healthy trees that will be around for many more years. So the pesticide, is it applied to the ground? and, and then it's Yeah, so there's a couple methods. You can apply it in the soil. You can inject it directly into the trunk. There are bark sprays where you apply it to the bark directly, um, but you should contact a certified pesticide applicator if you're interested in applying the pesticide. Yeah, that's an important point because uh, homeowners just can't uh, run out and buy some of this pesticide and apply it themselves, can they? Yeah, they really shouldn't because you really want to make sure that you're applying it correctly. These pesticides are not specific to emerald ash borer, and so you want to make sure you apply it correctly so you're not impacting non-target organisms. Rosie, you mentioned high-value ash trees. What makes an ash tree a high-value tree? So it really depends on the the owner or the manager of the tree, but really it has to, it can include trees that are very large in size or historically significant. We also have some rare ash species such as black ash and pumpkin ash, so trying to protect those, and also just trees that are important recreationally, so ones that are along trails or next to buildings that provide beauty and shade to the places where we recreate, those will be considered high value. One of the threats I understand from uh, the emerald ash borer to the ash trees also is the fact that uh, America's pastime, baseball, uh, uses a lot of ash for its baseball bats. And uh, if we lose the ash population, that could have a real impact on that sport. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. A lot of the ash that's made into baseball bats actually comes from Pennsylvania, which Pennsylvania has been battling emerald ash borer for the last few years now. They have been using measures such as biocontrol releases, which are a parasitoid wasp, a non-stinging wasp, that goes after emerald ash borer larvae and eggs. In New Jersey here, we started doing some releases last year, and we're continuing this year. 
but the biocontrol releases are really only for wooded areas, not really applicable to street trees or ash trees that are in high-use areas. So you could, it wouldn't be something you'd use in your yard if you had a couple of ash trees? No. Sometimes there's concern when a biological control is introduced that it could cause other problems that were unanticipated. Do we have enough knowledge of this parasitic wasp to know that uh, it's not going to create other problems for other tree species or insects or other animals? Yes, so they go through rigorous testing to make sure that it does not impact any native or non-target insects. So this is specific to emerald ash borer, especially here in North America. So it's over 10 years of research is done before any biocontrol uh, is found to be suitable for release in a non-native area. That's good. So if someone uh, sees trees in their yard or their neighborhood uh, that are infected, should they contact somebody here at DEP to let them know that that's happening, or what, what should they do? So they can visit our website, www.emeraldashborer.nj.gov. Um, it has on there several people to contact. If they suspect they have emerald ash borer, they should contact a representative from the New Jersey Department of Agriculture, and they'll be able to send out someone to take a closer look. Um, and then if anyone has management questions, like how do I treat my ash tree or how do I manage my ash, um, they can contact me, and my information is on that website as well. So with almost 25 million ash trees in the state, this is something where residents can really help make a difference, whether it's in their yard or on their street or if they're out hiking in the woods. Yeah, definitely. Detecting this early and trying to minimize their populations and minimizing further spread faster can really help uh, reduce the amount of ash that we see impacted. You mentioned it uh, was first found in Michigan. How many states have been, uh, have they detected the emerald ash borer in so far? So it has been found in 25 states and two Canadian provinces, and I think every year since its initial detection, it has been found in a new state. And so the most recent state that has found emerald ash borer is Texas, um, so it continues to spread. So it really goes from north northern border and Canada all the way down to the southern border of the United States and Texas, so this is a pretty hardy insect. Correct, yes. Yeah. Well, um, any other information about the emerald ash border that uh, we ought to share with our listeners? Uh, just, just if you see something, call and report it, and definitely don't move firewood. That is one of the biggest ways, and not just emerald ash borer, but other non-native invasives can be moved farther distances faster. So if you if you are avid camper and you want to bring firewood, um, you should try to buy it locally and burn it locally. Well, that's a good idea. I, that's not something I would have thought of, that uh, by bringing firewood from one place to another, you could actually uh, help spread spread the insect to other places that might not have been infected. So firewood's available, I think, in most of our state parks if people want to have a fire. And of course, if you have a fireplace, not that anybody's using it this time of year, but Come the fall, hopefully folks will remember that uh, if they are getting firewood for their fireplaces, they should buy it from somebody local so it doesn't spread around. Yes, yeah. And there's definitely firewood that's been heat treated as well. So if you have that, that obviously you can move because it's been treated at such high temperatures that there's no living organisms in it anymore. But if you're just moving something from your yard or something, just be cautious about taking it far distances because we can never tell what's underneath the bark. So is this a fight you think that we can win or, or is our best hope just to kind of keep it under control? I think it's a difficult insect to control and you can see that by how wide it spread since 2002. I think our tactic right now is just to try to buy as much time until researchers find a better way to try to minimize ash mortality. 
So these biocontrol releases and protecting these high-value ash trees is one way to try to protect our ash resource until something is discovered scientifically that can help prevent ash mortality, you know, widespread ash mortality. So there's a lot of good research going on then to uh, find more effective ways of controlling and eradicating this insect. There are, definitely. Well, that's good news because uh, certainly with 25 million ash trees here in New Jersey, 40% of our state is forested. Uh, It would be a real loss to the state uh, to see those trees devastated. It would be. Rosa, tell us a little bit about your background and how you've become so knowledgeable about the emerald ash borer. Well, Bob, I've worked with the New Jersey Forest Service under the Forest Health Program for about the last six or seven years, and emerald ash borer has been on our radar since back then. Invasive forest health issues has always been an interest of mine, so I'm just so fortunate to be able to work on a project such as this one. And I learn by going to different meetings that include various states and state and federal agencies, and so I learn a lot what's going on in those realms as well. Well, I'd say here in uh, the DEP and here in New Jersey, we're fortunate to have some of your caliber on the front lines in the fight against the emerald ash borer. Um, I I have a high degree of confidence that uh, the science and and the efforts that you and your colleagues are making are going to help us keep this pest under control and help protect our valuable ash trees uh, throughout the state of New Jersey. Thank you. Well, thank you again, Rosa, for joining us. Just tell us once again that website that folks can go to to find out more information. Sure, Bob. It's www.emeraldashborer.nj.gov. Great. Well, we will have that website posted on the description of the podcast, and I urge people to check it out, uh, particularly if you have ash trees in your uh, yards or neighborhoods that you're concerned about, as well as if you're one of the millions of people who uh, go hiking and camping in our woods here in New Jersey. Rosa, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob. Thanks for listening to Discover DEP. If you have comments on the podcast or ideas for future podcast topics, please email us at podcast at dep.nj.gov. Enjoy the rest of your day.